0: Today I wanted to talk about Second um, Chronicles 7:14. "If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land." This is a really common passage that many of us. I've heard many, many times. A lot of people preached it. So please don't tune me out to this message today. But in this message this morning, we find this conditional if. If my people, if you do this, then I'll do that. Tell your kids, if you mow the lawn, I'll give you an allowance. Right? You want to buy a car. You say, if I give you money every month, then we'll let you drive our car. If you pay a monthly mortgage, we'll let you have a house if you do this then i'll do that and in the providence of god almighty he has determined to put it into our hands revival for the city of frankfurt if frankfurt first assembly of god elevate church we'll pray we'll humble we'll turn then i'll do this it's a promise in god's word for revival Everybody talks about revival. Everybody says we want revival. We desire revival. But are we willing to do the if so that he'll do the then? Are we willing to pay the price so that he'll do the then? Can I get an amen? We talk about our, our, our nation and the sin in this nation. But there's an if that we will do providentially. God will then show up. It's a good, good promise to stand upon. Who's able to claim this problem, pro, this promise? It says, my people, the Christians. You notice it doesn't say, if the unsaved pray. If the unsaved repent. If my people who are called by my name. It's a special place to be as Christians, to be the called of God. Come on, just put your hands on yourself say, God called me. God calls us. But it means to be called to the dinner table is what the word means. To be called Romans 8, 29 says this. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined, which means determined beforehand to be conformed to the image of his Son. Your destiny is to be like Jesus Christ. You're predetermined by God, called by God to be formed into his image. We should be excited about that. Raise up to the level that God has called us. That He might be firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He predestined, those He called. He called also justified. And those He justified, He also glorified. The people of God. Only you and I can pray. Only you and I can use what God has given us to see revival. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Three things we see there. First of all, this humble and pray. What does it mean to be humble? Just a moment, we're going to turn the lights out, but don't do it yet. But what does it mean to be humble? It means to bend the knee, it means to submit to authority. It means to have an attitude of proper low status in relationship to an authority. To see yourself as you really, truly are. We could turn the lights out for just a moment. When I was little, we went to. We can turn them out now. Here we go. Pull that little light down. Went to Mammoth Cave many, many years ago. Mammoth Cave has this, has this big, huge cavern that has a used to have a cable car that went across it. And they said, okay, everybody stand still. We're going to turn the lights out. And when they turned the lights out, you could not see. If you took your hand and you waved it in front of your face, you couldn't see. And sin and pride in America has blinded us. We're haughty against authority. We're prideful towards God. We treat holy, transcendent uh, other God as if he's a, a sugar daddy in the sky. We think that we, we, God owes it to me because I tithe. God owes it to me because I come to church. That there's a formula. That's not humility. Humility is seeing yourself as you really are. Being able to look, my flashlight will work, and see as things really are. How do we see that? Through the word of God. It's being able to truly look at myself and see how I match up to God. That I am completely dependent upon God and without Him I could do nothing. If my people who are called by my name would recognize that we are dependent upon God, recognize who we really are in the light of His holiness, His transcendence, His glory. Then pray. Don't just pray, but humble. Humble. See yourself as you really are, a broken human in need of a Savior, in need of a loving God who's extended His grace to you so that you could be saved. So when we bend our knee and when we come before Him, it's because we recognize that we need Him. That we can't say, I am that I am. That we can't say we could do it on our own that we're dependent upon Him. You can bring the lights up. If my people who are called by my name will humble and pray. What does it mean to pray? It means to ask. It doesn't mean you've got to come up with, oh, Thou's God. No, it's just being real. God, this stinks. Many times in the shower, in the bathroom, just crying out to God. Coming before him. God, I recognize that I'm your child, but God, I, I need help. Worshiping Him, it's communication, it's love, it's all kinds of things, but it's at least making that effort. Spurgeon was a preacher in London for 38 years, and he was known for a great revival. He's one of the greatest preachers. There was a man that went to visit him and was. Asking for a tour of the church. And before he took a tour of the church, they said, we want to show you the furnace room. It was a hot day. He thought, well, you know, there's no air conditioning. It's, I don't really want to see the furnace room. But okay, if you want to show me the furnace room, I'll go see the furnace room. So he took him down to the basement of the church to the room that has furnace room on it. And he opened the door. He pushed the door open. And there's hundreds of people in this room packed, praying, bringing the heat, Praying bringing the power of God to the services. And they said, this is the reason why. It's not the preaching of Charles Spurgeon, but the prayers of the people that there's revival in London. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. The second thing we see in this passage is to seek my face. Hunger and Repentance. Hunger for God and repentance. And you can't have hunger for God unless God gives it for you. Gives it to you. You can't seek God on your own. Hunger is a driving force. I had a boy in my youth group who was had a hunger disorder where he was hungry all the time. And they were trying to save his life and they would send him to camps. And the hunger, he was a nice kid, but the hunger, he would break out of camp. He would break off locks. Wouldn't it be... Incredible, if we had such a hunger for God that there would be nothing that would stand in the way of us and spending time with the Lord. That each day we would hunger for Him. I'm going to tell my wife a little bit. When we first got married, we were on the honeymoon on the way to the hotel and it was a few hours away and a little bit of the drive, she looks at me, she goes, hey, I'm I'm hungry, I want to get something to eat. I said, okay, great. You know, I'm a guy. I'm just trying to get to my destination. We don't stop, right, unless we have to. Twenty minutes later, she goes, I'm I'm hungry and I, and I want to get something to eat. And I said, Okay. I'm still driving. A little bit later, she looks at me and she goes, I'm hungry and I want to eat right now. And I said, Okay, baby, we'll stop right now. Hunger drives us. I can remember when I was at Bible school, and I can remember we I, I was dirt poor and I was living on out on this uh, millionaire's home and taking care of his property for him. And, Come home from Bible school and and there was such a passion for the Lord. Go out and lay on the the gravel roads and and just pray and just seek the Lord. Oh, to have that hunger where we desire Him. So what do we do if we don't have hunger? What do we do if it's been extinguished by life, extinguished by problems, extinguished by health problems, extinguished by finances and worry about marriage and worry about kids? First of all, we got to ask for it. Come on, can you lift your hand this morning and say, God. Come on, say, God, give me a greater hunger for you. Give me a greater hunger for you. Because you can't get the hunger for God on your own. You can't work it up. You can't emotionalize it. God's got to give you a greater passion for him. John 6, no one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him. Father God, draw us to you. Give us a greater passion for this church. God, give us, this church a greater passion for you, God. Listen to me now. If you're here and you call yourself a Christian, but you don't have a passion for God, I wonder if maybe something's not broke on the inside. Right now there's many, many types of radio waves coming through this room. Thousands of them, probably. And with all the wireless devices, we're probably getting radiated from all directions. No wonder our brains don't work. But if we got the right radio in here, and we tuned into those different frequencies, we'd pick them up and we'd be able to listen to what was going on. Maybe if I don't have a passion and a hunger for God, maybe my heart is broken and God needs to fix it. Maybe I don't really know Jesus like I thought I did. Maybe I really don't have a relationship with God. But God can heal your heart, amen? So first of all, we need to ask for it. Secondly, we need to remember it. As we go into Revelations, I read this last night as I'm studying for Revelations, but Revelations chapter 2, verse 4, Nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen. We get saved and we're on fire for God and we have such a passion and we're reading the word and we're praying and then as time goes on and life beats us down, we kind of move away from those things. And I challenge you, church, that if you used to be on fire for the Lord to remember from where you have fallen and rekindle the fire of God in your life. So the word says. Remember from where you've fallen. Oh, well, I used to do this and I used to do that. Rekindle the love that you had from the very beginning so ask for it secondly remember number three catch it So how do I catch it just touch the person next to you now we have stumps in my backyard and and one of the things that we do to get rid of stumps I'm trying to do is we take coals I get those uh, briquettes and I put them in a little container a a little tube and I pour some lighter fluid on that tube and I light it it's amazing Eric, that the, those in the tube, in the canister with the fuel on it catch on fire, but the bag doesn't. Those that are outside of that container and sitting over here, they don't have any fire. They don't even have any smoke. They're just sitting there. They're just briquettes. They're coal. But those that are put in that little furnace and dropped in there with all the other coals firing one another, that is the picture of the church. And if you take one of those briquettes out and you take it and you sit it to the side, the fire's going to die out on that briquette. The Bible says don't forsake. the gathering together. We catch it by being with one another. We catch it by coming together, assembling together. You want the fire? You want the hunger? You want to get it back? Get around people who are on fire. People that will challenge you. People that worship. People that pray. People that read the Word and study. People that are excited about God. If they act like they're dipped in pickle juice, avoid them. If they have compromise in their life, avoid them. Hebrews 10.25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting, exhorting one another. And so much more, as you see the day approaching, and let me tell you, church, everybody listen to me. Jesus Christ is coming back soon. You better drop the attitude, get rid of the judgmental attitude, get rid of of your religion, and serve the Lord with all your heart. Well, you got excited about that one. Number three. Humble and pray, hunger and repent, and holiness. Turn from your wicked ways. The requirement. Turn from your wicked ways, and we live in a time where people who call themselves Christians willfully live in sin. Listen to this passage, Hebrews twelve fourteen. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. Now, we get saved. We ask Jesus into our hearts. We get declared righteous. But God still demands that His children... Walk in righteousness. Can I get an amen? We're not going to be perfect. We're all broken. Every person in this room is broken. Including Anita Sipple, Including my wife. Including every person here. But still God demands obedience. That when we mess up, God, yes, forgive me. It's not okay to come to church and and have people around you to be ugly and nasty. To be judgmental. But to do what is right. 2 Corinthians 7.1 Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. When we lived in Pennsylvania, we got a lot of snow up there. And it does snow here, but nothing like it up there. What it does, it snows and it never goes away. It just piles up and turns black. Once it snows, it doesn't go away till springtime. It could snow late in the year. I mean, it, it just—it was just, you just got tired of snow. And one year, it snowed so hard, and actually it happened a couple times, but one year, it snowed so high, hard that the power went out in our neighborhood. And it was probably a week. It was a long time. Well, after, in it's, its negative degree temperature, the power goes out. Guess what happens to that house? it's got to be vacated you could you could try for a little bit with the fire but if it's cold outside you got to vacate don't have hot water don't have electricity and don't have the means to heat the house now and the fireplace isn't going to be enough we had to move to someone else's house you know why churches are dying in america because there's no power in the church And you say, Pastor Bobby, no, no, it's not just, it's not Pastor Bobby, it's the church. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, it is us as a church that must have a prayer life. Now, you know, one of the problems that I have with the term intercessor, because it's not in the Bible, not for a gift. I believe people here love to pray and some people love to read the word, but every person hears, well, we're going to let the intercession team take, no, 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 no every person here needs the furnace burning because if it's not burning in your home your home is not going to have power it's not going to have the miracles that you need if the church does not have prayer the church will not have the power that it needs to heat this place up i'm talking spiritually can i get an amen and we as a church we need to be committed to seeking god repenting and praying can i get an amen Can we stand up this morning? If I could have the band come up.